Welcome to the Plenteous Redemption Podcast, where the cross and the culture are on a collision course for discussion. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require signs, the Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. Under the Jews a stumbling block, under the Greeks foolishness, but under them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Now, here's your host, Thomas Irvin. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this. My name is Thomas Irvin. I am the pastor of Go Forth Baptist Church in Loosedale, Mississippi. You are listening to the Plenteous Redemption podcast, now operating out of Loosedale, Mississippi. I'm recording this sermon. Uh, The sermon was actually preached um, a few weeks ago on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday evening, one of the two. Uh, And I'm going to go back and record a couple of the sermons that did not get recorded previously. And my purpose for doing that is uh, we are going through a series of studies. uh, Let me rephrase that. We're going verse by verse, line by line, very carefully through the book of Romans. And our purpose, our point, our hope is to take our sweet time and to go through that entire book. And uh, so we, we will be spending a few years at a minimum, in this, in this great book, studying word by word, line by line, verse by verse, trying to get God's help and do all we can to, to please the Lord by learning His Word. And we hope you'll join us. This, is, this particular sermon is going to be uh, the first part of Paul's, uh, of a biographical sketch of the life of Paul the Apostle. So I'm going to reteach that here while recording it and... Uh, and Lord willing, make it all available very soon for your listening pleasure. <laughs> all right, so we, we will begin in Romans 1, verses, and we'll read verses 1 through 7. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated under the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, And declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the Spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. By whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. Among whom are you also the called of Jesus Christ to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Those first seven verses stand as the introduction to the book of Romans. That's their point. That's their purpose. We are being introduced to the Apostle Paul. That's the first person we meet. Um, And then we're told just 
we're given just a, a brief little bit of information about the apostle, and, and notice how brief it is. Just a few words about who he is, what his, his title is, based on his calling in Jesus Christ, and uh, his separation under the gospel, his service to Jesus Christ, which is the, the ultimate purpose of his life. People say, I just, I wish I knew what God's purpose was for my life. Well, well to, the number one thing God would have you know is that you're supposed to be a servant of Jesus Christ. And so Paul makes that very clear that that's who he is and what his life is about. Paul's life was remarkable, and it stands as a testimony of excellence. Even before he was saved, he was counted faithful. He was diligent. Um, he, he, he was wholly given to what he thought was right. And he did his best to, to maintain that and to serve God the way he thought God wanted him to serve him. And, of course, he found out later he was actually diligently standing against God, <laughs> which was probably an awkward, awkward thing to find out when you think you've been serving the true and living God. So um, in his application of the Jewish, relig Jewish religion, he was diligent. He was faithful. In his application of Christianity, he was diligent. He was faithful. Now we know at the end of his life that he made a terrible mistake. He, um, uh, he gave in to, um, you know, it, it, we, we want to say this with a, with a uh, heavy level of understanding. Um, at the, you know, towards the end of his life, he was, he was just frustrated and, and, and given over to the difficulties of his, his ministry. And the Lord told him, you're going to have a difficult ministry. It's going to be hard. I, I'm, I'm going to use you in some hard, difficult ways. And by the end of that, the Apostle Paul was just ready to, to move on. He was, he was done. He was given in and, and uh, went back to Jerusalem, though the Holy Spirit told him, don't go to Jerusalem. But before we get there, let's talk about his birth. Look at Acts 21, and uh, we'll flip from place to place and try to get some good information about the Apostle Paul and learn what we can about the Apostle Paul. Look at Acts 21, we'll read verses 37 through 39, and glean a little information here and there. Verse 37, and as Paul was to be led into the castle, he said unto the chief captain, may I speak unto thee? Uh, may I speak unto thee, who said, Canst thou speak Greek? Are not thou that Egyptian which before these days uh, madest an uproar and ledest in, uh, out into the wilderness four thousand men and were, and were murderers? But Paul said, I am a man which am a Jew of Tarsus, a city in Cilicia, a citizen of no mean city. And I beseech thee, suffer me to speak unto the people. And when he had given him license, Paul stood on the stairs and beckoned with the hand uh, unto the people. And when there was made a great silence, he spake unto them in the Hebrew tongue, saying, and then he, he goes on to give his, his testimony. But uh, he was born in Cilicia, uh, which is the, the, the capital city of Cilicia, which was located in the east coast of Turkey, on the Mediterranean Sea, so he grew up in a, in a Mediterranean area, or he was born there. He was raised at the feet of Gamaliel, so um, it, it's probably reasonable to assume he, to some extent, he went back and forth and, and uh, was used of God uh, and, and trained, trained very specifically um, by, by those men as he went back and forth. He was familiar with both Jewish culture and Greek culture, Roman culture. He's a Roman citizen, so... At this time, the, um, 
you know, the, the world was as much of a melting pot as America is today. Um, and, and that was the case that, that he grew up under. That was, that was the direction of his young life. Uh, but then, he, then his Jewish education, uh, there, there are a few notes, and I, I didn't put any here, about his, uh, his Greek and Roman education. He, sh- he certainly would have had that. Um, it, it, it certainly would have been a part of his life and who he was. Um, but, but we're going to find later, while, while his Roman citizenship and, his, and, 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 the, and the Greek aspects of his raising, um, you know, they, they helped him in his ministry along the way. But it, it was his Jewish background that became predominant, even though he, he sent to minister uh, primarily, not exclusively, but primarily to Gentiles. He could do both. He could bridge that gap if we just look at him in the flesh. And, and of course, we, we, we want to take into consideration the help of the Holy Spirit. But if you just consider his personal talents um, uh, before we add in the, the, the coming of the Holy Spirit, you're, you're talking about a man who can who could deal with both Jews and Greeks with no trouble. He could, he could find his way and, and mingle in either society with no trouble. But let, let's look at his Jewish education. Look at Acts 22, and we'll read verse 3. A very important note. I am verily a man which am a Jew, born in Tarsus, a city of Cilicia, in Cilicia, yet brought up in this city at the feet of Gamaliel, and taught according to the perfect manner of the law of the fathers, and was zealous toward God as you all are this day. So he, he makes very clear, I, I was brought up according to the perfect manner of the law. Now, there's some testimony about the Apostle Paul in the Word of God that it's extraordinary. And, and we, you know, if, if, if he was a man uh, on his own accord giving this testimony, we wouldn't believe him. Uh, it'd be hard to, to swallow, but uh, these things are recorded having been, been given him under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So it's not like he's just boasting for no reason. And by the way, when he does boast about himself in the flesh and what he is in the flesh and what he was capable of in the flesh, all these things, uh, the reality is that the Apostle Paul, uh, he wasn't just boasting about himself. The, the point and the purpose, and we'll look at some of it, we'll look at some of these verses repeatedly um, from different perspectives and different angles as we go, but the, the, the purpose of his bringing up his ability to be excellent in the flesh, by the way, which means that you and I could do the same if, if we were to just put our minds to it, but, but you know, there, there, are, there are lost men who do incredible things in the flesh simply because they put their mind to it, put their heart in it, and, and put their hand to the plow and didn't look back. So what could you and I do in the flesh? What great things could we accomplish for the Lord in the flesh if we were just determined to do so? And then let's add to that the work of the Holy Spirit, the help of the Holy Spirit. We have no excuse for, for not doing wonderful things for the Lord Jesus Christ in, in, in this world here and now. And so um, that's something we need to pray about and and take the time to think about. But uh, some incredible things are said about the Apostle Paul. And his point in saying those things is to demonstrate how great he was in the flesh, and yet he has not attained. He is telling these people, I, I was as excellent as a man could possibly be, and I needed Jesus Christ. That's the point. That's the purpose. It's not just Paul saying, look how great I am, look how wonderful I am. He is saying, look, it is true. 
I was blameless. I, I was taught according to the perfect letter, manner of the law. I, 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 had, I am a Hebrew of the Hebrews. I am a Pharisee. I, am, I, I was as straight and as clear and as good as could possibly be. And I needed Jesus Christ. What do you need? <laughs> uh, you're not Paul. You're not like Paul. You're not as excellent as Paul. You're not as diligent as Paul. You're not as disciplined as Paul. And if he needs to rely on the Holy Spirit and the help of Jesus Christ, what, what do you think you and I need? Uh, we, we certainly need, we need God's help. Let's look at Acts 26. Acts 26, verses 2 through 5. Verse 2. I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because I shall answer for myself this day before thee, touching all the things whereof I am accused of the Jews. Verse 3. Especially because I know thee to be expert in all customs and questions which are among the Jews. Wherefore, I beseech thee to hear me patiently. My manner of life from my youth, which was at the first among mine own nation at Jerusalem, know all the Jews which knew me from the beginning, if they would testify that after the most straightest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee. And now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made of God unto our fathers. So his youth, his, his training, his young days as a young boy growing up. Um, uh, now, again, how often he went back uh, to, to Tarsus and how often he, he went back and forth, we don't know. Um, how much time did he spend in Cilicia versus Jerusalem? Um, I, I'm not sure that that information is necessarily provided. Um, not, not clearly anyhow or any, any way that, that we could speak on it in any intelligible way. But what we do know is that he was brought up in Jerusalem. And he says, and you all know it. He's talking to these Jews and he's, he's in trouble. He's in trouble he shouldn't be in. As God told him, don't go to Jerusalem. If you go to Jerusalem, you're going to be arrested. And uh, he, he, he did it anyways. And um, now here he is arrested and trying to explain himself. But the Lord told him when he first, when, when the Lord first told him to leave Jerusalem before he, before he went off to Antioch, before he went off to start his missionary journeys and all those things, the Lord said, you're going to try and tell the Jews about your faith in Jesus Christ, and they're not going to receive your testimony. You need to leave town. And, and he said, but, but Lord, <laughs> kind of like Peter, and the Lord said, no, you need to go. You got to go now. And so he went. Praise the Lord. He did, he did what the Lord asked, and he, and he left, and he went, and, and uh, all was going well. He was doing great. And then he started getting arrested, and he started getting beaten, and he, and he was left for dead, and all these just horrendous things that happened to him, and it, and it weighed heavy on him. Look, when, when he says in Acts, um, I, I am ready to die for the gospel. I know we often preach that as though it's a motivational thing. That's not what he was saying. He said, I think he was saying, I am ready to die. I, I can't take any more. It'd be better if I stay. I understand that. I get that. But I mean, and we're talking about a man who, uh, who went through great, great difficulty. This was no light thing. Um, we're not, I'm not giving the Apostle Paul an unnecessarily hard time. Uh, I would not want to be compared to him in any way, um, but um, it, it was difficult. How many times can you be beaten and thrown in prison and, and then you finally just break? And praise the Lord, he didn't break and, and abandon Jesus Christ. He just, he said, 
You're telling me if I go to Jerusalem, they're going to put me to death? I'm going to Jerusalem. (laughs) He was just ready to move on. And uh, I pray that we never get there. Of course, it took a lot, a lot for him to get to that point in in his mindset. Look at at Philippians 3. Let's read verses 4 through 6. Philippians 3, verse 4. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Now, here he goes. Again, he's not, he's not boasting. He's trying to, he's setting them up and letting them know. He, he's being very honest under inspiration of the Holy Spirit that you don't compare to me. And I need Jesus Christ. There is no comparison between us. You don't compare to me. I need the Lord Jesus Christ. So what do you think you need? Who do you think you need? And, and so we want to be very clear about those things. Paul's not just boasting. Um, his boast was in the Lord. He, he, again, that was written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But here he's making very clear that you, in the flesh, you and I, we, we don't compare to each other. And I need Jesus Christ. You're weaker than I am. You're less diligent than I am. You're less excellent than I am. And, of course, those kinds of, that kind of talk is hard for us to take. Uh, it's difficult to hear somebody say things like that and not start to think, man, what is wrong with you? <laughs> but his point is that I, I in the flesh, am as, am as good as it gets, basically, and I need the Lord. So you, you certainly need the Lord. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. I said, what, what great things I had, what great things I could do, I count them loss. It, it's his, his desire was to serve Jesus Christ. Once, once he made the connection that it was Christ he was persecuting, it was the, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ he was imprisoning, when he realized that Jesus Christ was indeed the Lord, it changed everything for him in an, in an incredible way, in a wonderful way. And so we, we thank the Lord for that. Now, Paul's early understanding of Christianity um, what was a bit troubled. Look at Acts 26. Let's, let's try to gain some understanding of, of his early thinking about Christianity and what it was, what it was about. Acts 26, let's read verses 8 through 11. Verse 8, why should it be thought a thing incredible with you that God should raise the dead? I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth, which thing I also did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints did I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priests. And when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them. That's incredible. Verse 11. And I punished them oft in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme. And being exceedingly mad against them, I persecuted them even unto strange cities. That's, that's what he thought about early. That's what he thought about Christianity before becoming a Christian, before coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Very problematic. Um, God, God 
allowed him to continue it to persecute the church, then God said, you know what, I'm going to use him. <laughs> um, that, that, that must have been a surreal moment for, for, the, for the Apostle Paul. Look at Acts 22. Let's, let's continue this line of thought. Acts 22, verses 3 through 5. I am barely a man, which am a Jew, born in Tarsus, a city in Cilicia, yet brought up in this city at the feet of Gamaliel, and taught according to the perfect manner of the law of the fathers, and was zealous toward God as ye are this day. And I persecuted this way unto the death, binding and delivering into prisons both men and women, as also the high priest doth bear me witness, and all the estate of the elders, from whom also I received letters unto the brethren, and went to Damascus to bring them which were, uh, which were, were there bound unto Jerusalem, for to be punished. So that, that's the Apostle Paul. That, that's his early understanding of Christianity. It's something you got to get rid of. It's something you got to punish. It's something that has to be squashed out. Uh, look at 1 Timothy chapter 1. Let's, let's look at it from a different angle and see what happened. 1 Timothy chapter 1. And we'll read verses 13 and 14. Who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy, because I did it ignorantly in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. You want to be thankful for the grace of God that is exceeding abundant. All right now, God, God, will let, God will give you a lot of leeway due to your ignorance. God will give you a lot of space based on the reality of your, of your ignorance. You don't know what you're doing. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He, the, Lord, the Lord would look down and pray for people who are putting him through a brutal murder and pray for them and ask, <laughs> ask for their forgiveness. The Lord would allow the Apostle Paul to persecute his body unto death imprisonment, uh, beatings, separating families, all the horrible things that come along with that. God would allow all that to take place and, and give this man space because he's gracious. He's exceeding abundantly gracious. Man, that is incredible. That, that's, that's hard to get hold of and, and to grasp. And, and, uh, and that's, that's honestly how the Lord would have us live our, our lives as well. And, and so the Apostle Paul he says, look, I receive grace. That's why I'm not in prison. That's not why I'm not in jail. That's why, I, that's why I'm not in hell for eternity. Because Jesus Christ is exceedingly, exceedingly abundantly gracious. And he, and, and he understands that what I, I thought I was doing right, I was wrong. I thought I was serving God. I was ignorant. And because of my ignorance, God gave me a certain measure of, of grace and, and took his time with me and was very careful with me. Um, but the responsibility on our behalf, our responsibility is that we succumb to that, that we, that we humble ourselves and, and submit to that, that grace that God has. And if we fail to do that, we're going to find ourselves in some serious trouble. But praise the Lord, the Apostle Paul did submit, and the Lord used him. So 
he truly believed what he was doing was right. He thought he was doing it right for God. Now, th- this type of believer is, it, it can be incredibly dangerous. Uh, they are dedicated. They are zealous after the wrong ideas. And, and they can either be hard to win to the Lord because they're so given to the, their ideology, or their ideology is, I don't know, Islamic, <laughs> which requires the death of unbelievers. Um, it, can, it can be very dangerous. Uh, you're, you're looking today at an ideology in America that says that, um, the, the safest place for a baby in the world, in a mother's belly, that, that comfortable, sweet little spot that the baby gets to develop and grow, and, and, and that future person that you get to hold and hug and kiss and love, um, that there, there's an ideology that deeply permeates our society that says, no, you should be able to kill that. You should be able to end that child's life uh, for no other reason than your own personal convenience. All right, so ideologies are dangerous. You have to be very, very careful. And um, uh, this type of believer it, it can be very dangerous. Now, what was Paul's hope before Christ? Now, we have, in Christ, we have a blessed hope. Uh, we, we have consolation in Christ. We know that what we go through in this life is temporary. We are pilgrims and strangers passing through this world. We know that uh, the, the life to come you know, what we're focused on is the life to come, what's in eternity. Um, everything that happens here is temporary, and I understand that some, people, some people's lot in life is just, it's hard, it's difficult, it's painful. Uh, but we saw not even as others who have no hope. We look to Jesus Christ and, and our future in the Lord. Um, what, what was Paul's hope before before he, he came to know Jesus Christ. Let's, let's go back to Philippians 3. Let's read a little bit more of that passage and uh, gain what we can from it. Philippians 3, we'll read verses 4 through 14 this time and uh, take on this whole passage. And, and uh, what, what we're looking for is what Paul was trusting in. What was his hope? What do you think was going to happen to him um, based on his, his faithful dedication to his religion? Verse 4 Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me... Those I counted loss for Christ, yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered uh, the loss of all things, and do count them but dung that I may win Christ, and be found in him not having mine own righteousness. That'd be good. You don't want to be found trying to have your own righteousness. That's not going to go well. Which is of the law. All right, so there, there it is. He, he thought he was obeying the law of Moses by persecuting the one who came to fulfill the law of Moses. But that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that's what you want, that's what you need, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death, 
If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either there were um, uh, either there were already or either were already perfect. Now you see that that's that's the point of his of this message. I was great. I was wonderful. I did everything right. I was blameless. I'm a Hebrew of the Hebrews. I'm a Pharisee. I, I'm, I'm, I was trained at the feet of Gamaliel. I was brought up in Jerusalem. I am after the straightest sect of our religion, not as though I had already attained. So if you're not those things, you, you definitely haven't attained. If the Apostle Paul hasn't attained, you definitely have not attained and, and so we all need Jesus Christ. Even a man as great as Paul needed Jesus Christ. That, that's his point. All right. Either we're already perfect. <laughs> there he goes. But I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for, that, for which I also, that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling in God, in Christ Jesus. So he said, uh, let, let me give you a list of how wonderful I was. I'm forgetting. And then he says, I'm, I'm going to forget all that and press toward the mark, which is in Christ Jesus. So as, as diligent as the Apostle Paul was, he said, it's, not, it's below the mark. It doesn't, it doesn't hit the mark. All right, now, praise the Lord for people who will, who will make up their mind in their flesh to do great things for Jesus Christ, and, and then they do it. They, they, they press on, they, 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 uh, they endure, they succeed, they do all these wonderful things in the flesh for the Lord Jesus Christ. But that's not going to give you salvation or righteousness or anything you know, necessarily good from God. It's, it's a good idea to be diligent in the flesh to serve God and to serve Jesus Christ. But if you're doing that to, you know, attain something from God, you're making a terrible mistake. And, and I would encourage you uh, to leave off that, not do that. <laughs> it's not a good idea. We want to trust the Lord and, and give ourselves over unto him. Let's look at Galatians 1, and we'll read verses 13 through 14. Paul's hope was in the law. I'm so good, I'm so excellent, and he was, he was wholly given to it. And, and because he was wholly given to it, he did his best, his absolute best, to maintain the law of Moses in every way that he could. And, and could say, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, I'm, I was found blameless, All right, um, but not perfect. He was not found having hit the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. He said, I, I'm pressing towards that mark. That's the direction I want to go. As good as I was before, it's not good enough. I, I, want, to be, I want to be diligent in Christ Jesus. And so, so that's, that's what he decided to do. Uh, Galatians 1, verses 13 and 14. Verse 13 for you have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it and profited in the Jews' religion above many my equals in mine own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. And that's it. I was zealous of the traditions of my fathers, and I thought if I kept that, maintained that, that it would so please God 
it would so please God that I would, I would end up, uh, you know, <laughs> in, in a state of righteousness that, that God would have to let me into heaven. And that was not the case. Um, he was intensely convinced that he was doing the right thing. Um, very, very much so. He, w- he just knew he was doing the right thing. And, um, and he wasn't. It, it was a mistake. It was terrible. Now, a little bit more about his early history. Um, look at Romans, Romans 3. Um, you know, a man who is zealous and righteous, uh, a, a man who is zealous to be righteous, can, can go a long way, can do a lot of things, can accomplish a lot of things in the flesh. And, and the Apostle Paul is a great example of that. Um, but you still need Jesus Christ. Look at Romans 3. Let's read verses 10 through 12. Verse 10. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips. I mean, that's what God thinks about man. And when you set out to establish your own righteousness, even if you're as great as the Apostle Paul, that ultimately is what God thinks of you. I mean, this passage, so it it continues. If you look at, um, look at verse 14, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness, their feet are swift to shed blood, destruction and misery are in their ways and the way of peace have they not known? There is no fear of God before their eyes. And then, and then when you get to the works. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin." Paul was a religious zealot. He absolutely was. He was an excellent man. He was an incredible man. He did wonderful things uh, before and after, some of which was accomplished in the flesh just because he was diligent and faithful, and you need that. If if you're not diligent in the flesh, there's there's a good chance you're not going to be diligent spiritually. And I know people like to say, I can do all things in Christ. Well, there's a context to that. Uh, I can do nothing without Christ. There's a context to that. Um, you, you, you want to make sure you're using those passages in context so that they make sense and that they are applied properly. God wants you to be diligent. He wants you to be faithful in the flesh. He wants you to get up, get that body moving, and do, and do what pleases Him. And it's up to you, it's up to me to do that physically. Now, where, where we need where we need to be elevated, where God wants to take us beyond the ability of our flesh. That's where the Holy Spirit comes in. That's where the Word of God comes in, and all these wonderful things can happen. Now, this is part one. Um, Part two has already been recorded and will be available on the uh, Plenteous Redemption sermon audio page, and I hope you'll take the time to listen to that, and and I hope it'll be a blessing and a help to you. Uh, Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for coming by. Pray for us here at Go Forth Baptist Church. We are getting settled Uh, The Lord has given us some sweet, wonderful people here to pastor, and um, I want to do my best to help them and to strengthen them and to build them up in God's most holy word.
you get a chance, come by and see us sometime. Uh, our services are on Sunday morning is 9.30 a Sunday school, 10.30 Sunday morning service. And then uh, we have lunch together in the fellowship hall. And then at 2 p.m., we come back and have our afternoon service on Wednesday evening. Uh, we have service at 6 p.m. Uh, would love to see you. I'd love to have you come by. And uh, if you can't come by, pray for us. Thank you for being our friends and praying for us and caring about us uh, throughout the course of our ministry. We sure have appreciated you all. Thank you for listening. God bless. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. You can learn more about our ministry by visiting www.plenteousredemption.com. You can hear more Plenteous Redemption podcast audio at www.plenteousredemption.media. Please comment below if this podcast has been a help to you. Also, inform us of future topics that would interest you. Thank you again for listening to the Plenteous Redemption podcast.